You are listening to the Comedy Suplex Wrestling League, episode number 46, right here on Comedy Suplex. Wait, no, we don't have a website. Anchor.fm slash Comedy Suplex, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I'm your host, The Peach Machine. Alongside me is Dabble Dab. Dabble Dab, we got a big show, but you've been feeling a little bit under the weather recently, so that's why we got delayed. How you doing? I uh, appreciate the thoughts and prayers. I'm feeling a little better today. I hacked up an unbelievable amount of just thick green mucus. It was great. Um, so I'm ready to make some pretend wrestling. So you didn't go to, to Raw last night in Knoxville? Nope. It was here in town. I would have never fucking went, even if I was feeling great. <laughs> there was a lot of segments with your mayor, though. Yeah. Dude, that place looked empty on TV. I did tune in um, just to check it out. They had yeah. the whole upper area blocked off. And the last time I went, you actually got me tickets. Thank you for that. But uh-huh. I sat on the non-hard camera side, and it was pretty much empty. So Damn. I would imagine that there was probably, you know, 6,000 people there. Not a good sign for WWE as they're leading into the biggest, the, I mean, what could be the biggest point in their entire history as they go to Fox in, in three or four weeks here. So I don't know what they can do to, to turn the shit around, but you got yeah. any ideas? It sucks that, uh, yeah, some continuity, um, that'd be cool. Make things matter a little bit more. The problem is they've just been around. There's too many fucking cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, I would agree with you. What they should really do is hire us two to help them write their shit. Yeah, I felt like they were pulling it together just um, right after AEW was really getting rolling. I felt like they started to tighten it up a little bit, kind of right after Heyman came in. Uh-huh. But it's kind of loosening up a little bit now, uh, it seems like. I just think there's just too many hours, man. Like, people just don't yeah. want to watch that much shit. And, you know, you bring back Stone Cold and do all the all the gimmicks, whatever. That shit doesn't last. You got to build some baby faces. You got to build some stars that are over. Right now, they got nobody who you'd be like, man, I really want to see this guy, you know? Yeah. Like, there's none of that. There's none well, of that. you see so. him all the time. You see him three times a week. Uh, Carl Gotch, I was reading a, a quote from him the other day, and he actually talked about overexposing the uh, he didn't say product back then, but just overexposing too many shows, you would burn everybody out and you would uh, really hurt the business in the long term. Absolutely. That's what they've done. So I don't know. I don't know if more wrestling is the answer. I mean, AEW, this is bad for them as well. So Yeah. Well, um, eventually it will have to contract back down. I mean, it can, this is a huge bubble. This is the biggest it's ever been. I, I mean, if you just think of how, how many promotions are running concurrently and just the number of wrestlers who are making great money and the amount of product that's on TV and uh, apps and stuff, it's crazy. It has to contract back down at some point. Yeah, uh, probably pretty soon. So we'll see how this Fox deal plays out. But if they brought us on, we would <laughs> have some, some great creative ideas, which we're going to give to you because we have a fantasy wrestling promotion called the Comedy Suplex Wrestling League. And each week we give you a television show, a backstage look at what it would be like if you were we were booking the show here. Um, we got our show Tuesday Night Turmoil, and we do a monthly wrestling pay-per-view. We've had four weeks of TV, and that's what this episode is. is it's a monthly wrestling pay-per-view, as Dabble Dab named it. So, Yeah, very creative. Yeah. We were just touting our own creativity, and here we are at monthly wrestling pay-per-view. All right, so run us down what happens the final go-home week before this big show. Producer Rob of the Brian and Vinny show, he's working a jujitsu gimmick, and he tapped out the muscle man, Buff Bagwell. 
and also had a confrontation with Craig of the same Brian and Vinny show. And um, they promoted their match at the pay-per-view. And it's right. now a three out of falls. Uh, Rob challenging to a three out of falls match. Three out of five falls. Three yes. out of five. Sorry. Yes. All right. All right. What's next? We had the unlikely pairing, the fan favorites, however, Will Osprey and Virgil, and they took on the drunk Usos. They got the win. The Usos were were too disheveled. Jimmy Uso had his makeup all smeared on his face. So uh, the 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 makeshift team of, of Virgil and Osprey, they they got the win. And they are looking to move up the tag team rankings. We had a veiny Victor vignette. Right. This was all about beach volleyball. And Professor Jim Mitchell was out there on the beach side. Victor was running out of steam in his volleyball action. And Professor cooked him up a pre-workout called Vane Core, K-O-R-R-E. Victor took that and got his volleyball back up and laid some spikes on some jabronis and uh, got the wins. Double J Jeff Jarrett representing the super group. He took on Buddy Murphy and was uh, subsequently shot on. Right. So shooting and work professional wrestling means making it real. So, so uh, Buddy took things into his own hands and did a shoot pin on Jeff Jarrett, surprised him and has Murphy was tired of not getting a push, so he's decided to make his own. Kevin Owens Jr., um, he's leading a stable of his own father, who is now a blue man, uh, Velveteen Dream, who is a sexy Garfield, and Michael Elgin, who is a uh, submissive, like, brony type. Mm -hmm. And and Kevin Owens Jr. claimed um, the power of this group. I don't even remember how. Uh, he stole a pin, he stole a pinfall victory a couple <laughs> weeks back. He stole a pin, so that made him the alpha male of the pack. And right. now his mom and him kind of rule the other males. Right. And so for this week, he said, Dad, you're going to do a match with me. Lay down. And so Kevin Owens Jr. <laughs> put his foot on his dad's chest and had, a, had the ref count to one, two, three. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. Baron Corbin, he's done being a cross-dresser. He's a British cop now. He took on Leo Rush. This was a big move for Baron Corbin, who who threw off the dress. Now he's gone back to being a Bobby, so his name is now Bobby Corbin. He is a constable police officer, and he whooped the piss out of young Leo Rush and hit him with the his finishing maneuver, the paddy wagon. I love it. Bray Wyatt, he was taking on Flip Gordon, and in Bray's corner, he had Kevin Sullivan and Dirty Ron. Right. Um, this was an opportunity for Ron to make good with Bray after Bray saved him from a big punch a couple weeks back. Ron had an opportunity to save Bray, but he didn't do it. But Bray still got the victory. However, there's more dissension in the uh, heavyweight champions faction. Yeah, so Dirty Ron was going to knock Flip off the post, off the corner. And Flip just kind of kicked him away and still hit the 450, but Bray survived and got the win. Jeff Cobb was taking on Triple H in a, a tough guy match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a uh, a dream match of sorts. Um, Triple H hadn't had an actual match since joining the, our feud 40, our, our our TV show 45 weeks ago. Um, so it was in his first singles match, he did the job and, and put over Cobb because there was a lot of interference from Taven 
and Samoa Joe and uh, Moxley and Shooter Amino. Yes, and that's how you know it's a fantasy league when Triple H did the job. Um, <laughs> Moxley and Shooter came out. They uh, distracted Joe. They distracted Taven, which left Cobb and Triple H in the middle. Triple H faked his quad injury. But oh, yeah. Yeah, Cobb wasn't buying it and hit him with the tour of the islands in Pimpton. And to finish up last week, we had Shaquille O'Neal. He was uh, captaining a warship, and he's on the search for AJ Styles and Luchasaurus, who were uh, lost at sea in their quest to prove that the Earth is flat. So Shaq found them in his submarine, and he got on a dinghy, and he was rowing out to a um, piece of a glacier, an ice, a floating ice chunk, and he got to AJ and Luchasaurus, and they were all disheveled. And AJ looked up at Shaq and goes, Shaq, we found it. Look, it's the edge. And we wow. didn't see what he was referring to and the show went off the air. Heavy stuff. Heavy Good stuff. TV. Good TV writing. Truth of the universe in a wrestling format. All right. So now what we do is we take, we got to give ourselves about 10, 15 minutes here to book this pay-per-view and then we run down the action so That's what do we got so i'm looking we always start off with the clusterfuck match right mm-hmm. so where are we where are we at this week we're in the most generic city possible springfield springfield we're both huge simpsons fans so this has to be a simpsons based match um i proposed the nuclear reactor I like it. It's a staple of Springfield. I think we should have every wrestler come out dressed as a Simpsons character, but for us to go through and do that, it would take forever. So you we're just going to... Quickie, Quickie Mart match. Oh, that'd be good, like like Booker T and Stone Cold did. Yeah, it has been done before. Yeah, let's go. Let's stick with the nuclear reactor match. There's a gorge. Uh, a gorge match? Uh, it's like a scaffold match, but times a thousand. <laughs> and you get put in an ambulance, the ambulance immediately hits a tree, and then you fall back down the gorge. Yeah, perfect. Well, let's go with the let's go with the nuclear reactor match. Okay. And there's there's a briefcase on a pole. There is a tightrope across the nuclear reactor's opening at the top. Um, all these gentlemen are competing to get to the briefcase, which inside there is a, a number one contender's contract. Um, how how do we want to win this one, or who, who do we want to win Wait, this one? This is this is for number one contender, right? There's a briefcase. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to have a number one contender. We can put anything in the middle. It doesn't have okay. to be a briefcase. Okay. All right. Then what, what, is, what on the line? What do you want to put in the briefcase? Um, I guess it could be number one contender. There's nothing else really that matters that you would risk uh, going on a tightrope across a nuclear reactor for. Right. Alright, so it's number one contender. My only problem with that is we usually throw all the geeks into the clusterfuck match, so we gotta put some people that matter in there, like Bray Wyatt. Okay. Bray Wyatt and... Double J could be in there. Goldberg could be in there. Yeah, Bully Ray. Bully Uh, Ray could be in there. hmm. Yeah, I say we put like all the top guys who aren't in a match in this ridiculous match. Okay, but so they all want to be number one contenders. So instead of the dorks, it's all the like uh, big name guys who aren't. Okay. Any- all right. Well, who wins this match? We could. All right. We so could- you have to wrestle around the reactor and then like ninja climb up the reactor 
and then man the tightrope to get across, right? Yes. All right. I think it should be Bray Wyatt getting up there with someone else, and like, long story short, Bray's doing his weird uh, crab walk across the rope, and someone else, we'll say Goldberg, is on the other side. Okay. So he's pulled down by Luchasaurus, who makes his return after being gone for a month, basically. And so now Luchasaurus has to bust ass because Bray Wyatt has the head start, but he's doing the crab walk. Right. They should meet in the middle over the briefcase, over the reactor. I think they should both fight and fall into the reactor together. Oh, okay. Just the briefcase, burning the briefcase up. Okay. So the briefcase becomes non-factor. Yes. All right. The lust of the briefcase led them into the nuclear waste, and they could become like hammed up versions of uh, like Luchasaurus now could be radioactive. Right. So we have to have Bray go in. Yeah, Bray could become uh, the fiend at this point. Exactly. Could morph in. He becomes more like his current character. Right. Okay, that's good. All right, and there's no number one contender. Yes. All right. So, we need to have conclusion to Buddy Murphy and the Super Group, the greatest assembly of musicians ever known. Cowboy Kenny Omega, Double J, and Billy D. Williams Goldberg. And uh, Buddy Murphy shot on the other two. He needs to take on Cowboy Kenny this week. So, what if, out of respect, Kenny Omega, for respect for Kenny Omega, Buddy Murphy does the job in a very good match because I think that would be a pretty awesome match. On the Meltzer scale, I guarantee that gets five stars. Well, if they don't slide it on 205 Live, probably, if it was on a New Japan show. Yeah, I like that idea. I think that would be probably, out of everyone we have, probably the best match we could have. So, yeah, you could have Buddy act like uh, he's going to shoot on him, but Kenny gets the win somehow. And maybe like some mutual respect after the match. Yeah, the one we he could hit the one winged angel, but we call it the. What do you think we should call it? It's the lonesome dove. Oh, because he's a cowboy now. Get it? Yes. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. The one winged lonesome dove. Yeah. Um. All right. So, moving on. Victor Vaney Victor, the uh, supplement junkie, pre-workout junkie. He got approached by Buff Bagwell on the pre-show and propositioned into a tag team, right? Uh, yes, yes. Buff was like, "Hey, man, let me get some of that, some of that, uh, that vein core, man. You look swole, man. You look, you look all, all puffy and, and ready to rock." Do you have a good Buff Bagwell story? Oh, no, I don't. Okay, because I know you've met him a few times. Yeah, no, I don't have anything. He was just a. Normal you guy. Had a show here one time selling like fifteen dollar Polaroids. Shit, it's a good deal. I uh, should have bought a couple. So Victor and Buff, they're Hold gonna. On. Take I a- do. I do have one. I do have okay. one. So it, it doesn't involve me, but I was one of the recipients of of this photo. So there was. Um, I, and I don't have the photo anymore, but so mm-hmm. there it was WrestleMania, uh, New Orleans, a couple. I don't know how many years ago, but. Buff was leaving, and as were a ton of the boys, right? A ton of the indie guys. They were all near the same flight. So okay. somebody somebody notices that Buff Bagwell is just pilled out of his ass, 
and passed out in 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 the airport, like on yeah. a chair, like sitting in a chair, just like drooling and his head til- tilted back. And so one of the boys sees him and he's like, hey, let's get a photo with him. <laughs> and then he call up some of the other guys that are in the airport and like, hey, come over here, check out Buff, check out Buff. Long story short, there's about 30 guys in this shot of Buff Bagwell passed out in the airport in New Orleans. And then I got a text from from somebody showing me that photo. It was just like everybody like, hey, what's up, hey? Like, you know, throwing up their hand signs and Buff just. I can tell you Buff in that. Yeah, stay. I once went as Buff Bagwell to a pay-per-view viewing party uh, when I was like 12 years old. Did you have a top hat? I didn't. I wasn't rich. I'm just going like, to go out and buy a top hat. Well, what, what, is, what, what did you just wear? Pleather pants? No, I didn't wear it. I did armbands. Okay. All right. I wore my jeans. I tucked in my NWO shirt. Oh, that's right. The NWO shirt. Okay. Yeah, I just flexed on people. I was like 60 pounds. All right. <laughs> so, Victor and Buff, they got to take on Osprey and Virgil, the fan favorite uh, underdog team. Yep. And this is number one contenders. So, this just comes down to who do you love more? Victor and Buff. Vainy Victor and Buff. I, wanna, well, I can't stress enough how veiny he is. Roadmap uh, vascularity. Yeah. I, I'm a supplement junkie. You're a supplement junkie. I think we've got to give the nod to the supplement junkies. Man, I haven't been able to work out in a week because I've been sick. I'm craving some uh, pre-workout. Victor getting the monster pushed to the top just because of my addiction. Nice. All right. The Usos are backstage having a beer. They're also having a shot. And they're also drinking, like, out of a bottle of champagne. And they are arrested suddenly by Bobby Corbin. He pushes Jey Uso up against the locker. He puts the handcuffs on him. He pushes Jey up against the vending machine. As he's cuffing him, talking shit to him, in the reflection of the glass, he sees his former partner, the man he pushed in front of a car, his reflection in the glass of the vending machine. Oh, shit. Definitely. The vendor bender. The vendor bender starting to make his return. Starting to haunt the Bobby. Corbin runs away, freeing the Usos who go back to drinking. Okay, I got one question. So he sees the reflection. Is it actually the, the vendor bender inside or is it just like in his head? It's I don't know. It's just in the glass. You don't know if he's projecting into it or what. I like to imagine he has some sort of teleportation power where... He can inhabit just about any vending machine. Right, his okay. Spirit, his spirit can travel wherever, but it has to be in a vending machine. Right. Uh, it makes sense. It's like a uh, genie. All right, cool. Um, Kevin Owens Jr. comes out. He's got the brony Elgin. He's got sexy Garfield Velveteen Dream and the blue man, Kevin Owens. He's flanked by Kevin Owens' wife. What? What's the little Kevin Owens Jr. into now? So oh, he's cool. He a little, little rascal. He he's kind of like Joffrey, like King Joffrey. And so he's got a he's got a he comes out. You know he should have he should have like you know come out on one of those things, uh, you know where he's sitting on a on a chair or on a throne and the other three are like lifting him like on poles. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Look one of those, and then he pits all three men against each other, and he says the loser is off with their head. Okay, decapitation match. Decapitation match, yes. All right. So, normal. so this isn't like a normal match where you want to, you just don't want to lose. 
Right. Like, you just don't want to eat the pin in this match, right? Right, right. I mean, it has to be, you know, I was thinking Dream, but now I'm thinking it has to be Kevin Owens getting the, getting the loss. Well, you, you yeah. Well, you can cut off a, a sexy Garfield head. Right. No head under it. You can cut off the pony head because there's a real head under it. You can't cut off the blue head. Right. All right. So, so then Kevin Owens gets the dream pins Owens. Okay. And, and then what? We should like end this. Dream pins Owens. Do they just put him in like? They could put him in like one of those guillotines. Yeah. Right? Okay. And instead of an axe coming down, it's a big sponge. And it just washes the blue off of his head. And then <laughs> he's, he's just he's just pissed. He breaks out of the guillotine. He just looks around at how ridiculous all this shit is. He just gets pissed. He says, I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm a serious wrestler. And he grabs Kevin Owens Jr., puts him over his knee, starts spanking him, making him cry. He says, I'm taking back control of this family. And I'm taking back control of my life. Grabs his wife, kisses her. Pulls his son out of the ring. They head to the back. Damn. I did not see that coming. That's a good way to end it, though. Owen's just just furious. Had enough. I'm the dad. That's it. Get over here, son. Get in line. Go to your room. No no Xbox. Sometimes you just got to let that big dick hang. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Someone's, like, been pissing you off enough. You just let that big dick hang. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Right. And that leaves Dream and Elgin... Uh, freed up. Slightly turned on by the spanking. Right. Of course. All right. Tommy Chompers, the rat man. He's on a quest to win the TV title. He's constantly been foiled by the milkman Chavo Guerrero and his stable of evil wrestlers with animal nicknames. And this week, it's the big dog, Roman Reigns, taking on Tommy Chompers. Yeah, the big dog. I, you know, this as unlikely as this match is to ever happen, it could happen. Tommy Chompa, Tommaso Ciampa versus Roman Reigns. That would be an amazing height differential. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right. Like, you look at those two and you're like, are they? Are you guys the same species? Come on. But rats are survivors. They are. They are. They're like the cockroach of rodents. Um, wow. Yeah, deep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think Chompers gets the win here. And uh, uh, Ernest Miller can be like, you may have bested my cat, you may have bested the dog, but you've never, ever, you'll never survive a snake. Damn, I like I like the noise, the sound uh-huh. of that. So then so we, we can don't, go... don't see the snake, though, we just get the threat, right? Yeah, yeah. So Chavo threatens the appearance of his snake. Or we could we could show... We could have him laid out by somebody. We could, we could have. Well, we laid him out with the big dog last time. I say we keep yeah. it in three this time. Okay. All right. That takes us to the co-main event: the tag team champions, Shooter Umino and John Moxley, taking on Triple H and Matt Taven. This is a battle of um, what's the word I'm looking here? Protege and Mentor. Protege. Yeah. Every time I hear Shooter Amino, I think of like a little tiny shot glass full of amino acids. Ooh. I'm going to do, yeah, do an amino shooter. That's problem. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. 
So, do we want to change the titles? I don't know. Well, we usually just decide as we keep talking. So, yeah. I think before the match in the back, you kind of get Moxley like pacing in the locker room because he knows the type of war he's about to be in for here. And he gets Shooter a pep talk. He says, Shooter, we're going to have to get more extreme, more dangerous, more deadly than we've ever been because we are the Death Riders. And we have to prove that tonight. Hmm. Okay. And you could also have Triple H like in the back giving a pep talk to Taven. You know, Taven, (laughs) you know, Taven, I I always liked you. I always liked you, kid. I always really enjoyed watching you wrestle out there. You're a hell of a talent. And now you got the game leading you. So don't fuck it up. (laughs) And then they should take a picture where he's like pointing at him. Right. Post it on Twitter. All right. Entrances, 30 minutes. Um, Triple H and Moxley, imagine this is a Triple H match. So it's got to go uh, nearly another 30. How does this one play out? Hmm. Well, I think, you know, Triple H likes to have the, the slow, methodical match. So it should like start with some chain wrestling and end with a sledgehammer. Nice and slow. Yeah. Start off a lot of, a lot of preening, a lot of hair flips, a lot mm-hmm. of lockups that just result in like nothing. Yeah. And, so, yeah, I like that. The match starts that way. It should gradually pos- um, progress, though, into just ultra-violence. Okay. It starts off with chin locks and wrist locks. Then you can kind of move to a brawl, where now it's no more scientific wrestling. It's punches, kicks, eye gouges, all that stuff. Then you can break it down into just the tornado tag, where the ref has no control, but he's not ending the match. It's just all four guys going crazy. Now they got weapons, kendo sticks and chairs, tables, fire, thumbtacks. And at the very end of it, Triple H about to hit the pedigree of Moxley on the thumbtacks when Shooter remembers the words of Moxley. He's going to have to get more extreme than he ever has before. And he pulls out the gun. And Holy everyone, shit. Yeah, everyone screams in terror. He's got an AR-15. The lights go out. We do some uh, fire, some blanks, but we still have like you know everyone's freaking out, and uh, the lights come back up, and everyone's just tackled Shooter Amino, and he's under arrest. <laughs> shooter becomes an active shooter. Yes. Fuck. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, and no winner. No, I think that one's a no contest. Okay. And maybe we get Cobb and Joe involved now. Okay. Joan Cobb come out. They well, can, not uh, like right now, but like next week. Into oh, the all right. Title. All right. Well, that leads into the uh, world title match. Dirty Ron versus Tracy Smothers. Unless you feel like we need a buffer between the active shooter. You could probably use like an intermission to calm people down after the fake shooting. Yeah, that you know, because we want it to have that air of realism where people don't know if it's part of the show yeah. or whatever That's so yeah time. what do you think about maybe a sexy pillow fight with some of our our lady wrestlers well you had me to lady <laughs> so i think we just take we just take uh who's on our roster here we have we just take Chris, vain core christy mist christy uh, mist stacy uh, keebler yeah melina and stacy keebler we put them in 90s we send them out there's a oh. big giant bed in the ring they start jumping on it. They start hitting each other with pillows. And 
this brings out Velveteen Dream. And Dream's like, this is a perfect time for a dream sequence. All right, ladies. And so he's get... back to his normal self. He's not Garfield anymore. No, he's done with the Garfield. No, he, he's this was our that was the end of our story with the Kevin Owens thing. So, yeah, he's oh. just back to doing his dream sequence. Calls the ladies, tells them to snuggle up with him. He gets all snuggled up. And just as the lights start to go down, here comes Michael Elgin. He wants to join in on the fun, too. He comes out full throbbing uh, erection, you know. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge boner. Um, you know, like you said, you got the big dick. You just got to flop it sometimes. You're right. And he slides in bed, and that freaks everybody out. And they all run around, and it's kind of like a Benny Hill. And it's just uh, chaos and funness and then the than the main event. I would have rather just led in from the shooting into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. World title is on the line. This is this is where it gets serious with the world champion, the clown, Dirty Ron McDonald. Um, he's taking on the wily veteran Tracy Smothers who put his career on the line for the world title shot, the world title that's always evaded in his whole career. Yeah, this is a this is a big deal here. This is Smothers' last chance to win gold. I don't want to put the belt on him, but I know you're a big fan of, of the Smothers man. Um, I mean, we could do lots of things. We could get. I, I kind of think we leave Brian Luchasaurus and out of this one. Yes, uh, Ron should come out. He doesn't have his allies this time, and he's kind of like super paranoid because he's thought everyone's been out to get him for a while now. Right. Right, so I mean, we could almost just do like a clean wrestling match, and yeah. Smothers After could... a best of seven nuclear reactor, uh, fake shooting, Brony match, matches. pillow fight, pillow fight. You finish with a, just a straight one-on-one match. Right, it was kind of like how they used to book WCW, and then the end would just be Benoit versus Bret Hart in a great match. I don't think we're going to get Benoit Bret Hart out of Smothers and Dirty Ron, but I would still watch it. I would still watch it as well. So what's um, the story of that match? What what kind of story do they work here? Ron's all alone. He's super paranoid. Yeah. Smothers, you know, Smothers has the big left that he knocked him out with last week on TV. Yeah. So he, know, yeah. he knows he can knock him out. Hmm. And I'm not even sure Ron went through concussion protocol. <laughs> so we do a thing where, like, uh, Smothers is looking good at the start. But then his age starts to catch up with him, and Ron starts to get the edge, and Ron starts taunting him. He's like, "You ain't got it. You're nothing left. There ain't nothing left in you, son." And you know, kind of toying with him, and just out of nowhere, boom! Big left hand drops Dirty Ron. One, two, three. But his toe, his big shoe, his uh-huh. big clown shoe, was under the ropes. What an advantage ref- that is! Oh yeah, huge. Huge. Um, hey, we could have, we could have, he could have like sideshow Bob esque feet. Yeah. So he saves himself with the big foot. So Tra- I imagine Smothers would just be beside himself. What's he do? He goes to line him up for one more. Maybe like ducks it, turns around and catches the big clown, uh, the big boot. Right. Typically, typically, Dirty Ron will throw a handful of cocaine in someone's face to set it up. Yes. All right. He ducks the left, throws the cocaine. Off the ropes, big clown boot to the blinded Smothers who can't see it coming. That's the blow that knocks you out. That's the blow that knocks Tracy Smothers out. One, two, three. Tracy Smothers' career has come to an end. 
yeah, we'll have to have some um, some fallout. Maybe a, maybe a farewell ceremony on their next television show. <laughs> Definitely, let's do that. All right, sounds good. Tracy's well, Mother Sindal. Tracy's Mother Sindal will be on the next Tuesday night turmoil. You've been listening to the Comedy Suplex Wrestling League with Peace Machine and Dabble Dab right here on the Comedy Suplex Podcast Network, anchor.fm slash comedy suplex, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, every place you can hear podcasts. You can hear these ridiculous podcasts as well. And don't forget, our shows drop every Tuesday morning, and you can check us out about my other show, the Comedy Suplex Podcast that I do with Dirty Ronald McDonald, a.k.a. Mikey G. That comes out every Wednesday. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays, stay listening to the Comedy Suplex Podcast Network, and we're going to leave you with our final three words, as we always do. Are you recording? 